everybody. Welcome to KC Chiropults, brought to you by Katz Chiropractic Consultants, helping chiropractors keep their pulse on success. I'm Dr. Michael Perush with Katz Consultants, and I appreciate you joining us today. I have one of my good friends from NCMIC, Mike Whitmer, with us today. Mike, how are you? I'm good, thanks. It's good to see you. Is it cold up there? Well, we got a little snow last night, but nice. uh, nothing, nothing we're not used to. We're in Des Moines, Iowa, so uh, spring is on the way, and I'm pretty yeah. excited for it. You guys are, not to coin a pun, but you guys are well-seasoned yes. for, for that kind of weather, <laughs> typically. Mike, I appreciate you joining us today. Tell us a little bit about what you do, what your role is at, at NCMIC. Sure. Uh, I'm vice president of chiropractic insurance programs. And uh, since I started within CMIC 20 years ago, I've been working in the corporate relations area and uh, work with the chiropractic colleges, the associations, really the, the, uh, you know, the chiropractic community in general. So I uh, work with the uh, chiropractors on risk management and provide content through NCMIC on risk management topics. So uh, been, like I said, I've been here for 20 years, seen a lot of uh, risk management issues and how they play out. So a lot of fun working with the chiropractors. Yeah, you guys do such a great job on every oh, level. Thank you. I can't imagine how many frequent flyer miles you must have because I see, I see you at every <laughs> chiropractic event, I think, um, out well, there. Well, this year, so. not that, that many. So. Yeah, this year's <laughs> been a little different, I think, for all of us. Yeah, so. and that has been, you know, that's been a challenge for us, how to sure. how to engage with the profession and pr continue to provide resources to the profession in a time where we haven't been able to travel. So we've learned a lot about uh, virtual resources and have really built up the resources on what ncmic.com. So it's uh, been a very difficult year, but it's been uh, an opportunity to find new ways to help the profession. You know, it, and you bring up a great point. I think it's this, this year has really given us all cause to kind of dig down and really in some ways kind of retool some things, um, yeah. which, which I think kind of brings a new freshness to the profession in some ways. So th sure. there has been some good stuff that's come out of it. Absolutely. I think that we've learned how to uh, use innovation and creativity to continue to uh, provide resources and engage and, uh, and move forward. Now, having said that, I am so looking forward to getting on the road again and, and getting face-to-face uh, yeah. -face with all of my friends out there in chiropractic. I think we all are. We, you and I had the opportunity of being at the Florida convention. Yes. When was that? Back in December, I think. And, yeah, uh, and November. Just, I think November, it was November, yeah. yeah. And yep. it just felt good to be out and, yeah. and seeing people. And uh, so hopefully we get back to that here pretty soon. Yeah. Yep. You know, one of the resources that you guys provide is on the risk management side. Yes, and uh, a lot of doctors out there, especially if they're um, NCMIC members, which if you're not, you should be. Um, Thank you. But they, you, you guys send out the the... I don't know if it's monthly or quarterly, I can't yeah. remember, but we get the emails and the newsletter yep. on on big things, big mistakes that yeah. doctors have made. or And sometimes it's not just a mistake, it's just something you didn't even know. So right. the reality of risk management is huge and everybody needs to be focused on it, at least in some manner. So do you mind spending a few minutes just kind of talking to us about 
risk management and what that means? Sure. Well, absolutely. And first of all, I would thank you for your comments. The publication you're referring to is The Examiner. And yes. we put that out quarterly to all of our policyholders and all the colleges and really the profession. Uh, and it does have really great risk management resources in there. And we always put on the front cover of the examiner a case study from our claims department. And uh, we put the good, the bad, and the ugly in there. And you're right, you know, a lot of those case studies are doctors that really didn't do anything wrong. And they faced a, a malpractice allegation. And a lot of doctors I talk to say the same thing. Well, I have your malpractice insurance, but I never expect to use it. My patients love me. I'm not going to get sued. And that's great. And your patient relationship is probably your most effective risk management tool, but it only takes one patient. And some patients are just built if their expectations aren't met or if they have a bad outcome, they're going to sue. And sure. that's when yeah. you, you want to have a, a team behind you. But, you know, risk management is something that I've worked with specific to chiropractic for 20 years. I've worked with risk management in some form or another my entire career, even before NCMIC. And it's something that, that is really important. But the thing that I like to remember about risk management is, first and foremost, good risk management is good patient care. And so if you are doing what's in the best interest of your patients and doing what's best for their care and their health, risk management naturally follows. So everything that I talk about when I'm out on the ro road, when we are able to travel, or when I'm talking to a computer screen like I am now, <laughs> um, everything that I say, yes, it's good risk management, documentation, informed consent, boundaries, all of those things that we talk about from a risk perspective. Yes, they're good risk management, but they're good patient care first. Right, right. You know, and you bring up a great point. Good patient care is not just getting good outcomes for patients. It's, it's a lot of times about the relationship that you build with Absolutely. the patient and the compassion and the empathy that you bring to the table. You know, you guys, NCMIC and F4CP sponsored um, a keynote speaker at the uh, Florida Convention in November. Mm. Um, it was one of the authors of the book, Compassionomics. Yes. And uh, I went home, bought the book. We've even done a mastermind uh, about the book in, oh, good. in yeah. Cats Consultants with our, with our mastermind clients. And uh, wow. I mean, it's amazing the research out there on how just bringing compassion to the table yes. changes not only yep. the patient outcomes, but builds a stronger relationship with the patient, which helps on the risk management right. side. Right. Absolutely. You know, I, I love the old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen. I think that that's really important. And from a risk management and a malpractice perspective, at the end of the day, people don't typically sue people they like. And yep. the doctors that do a good job of build, building that rapport with their patients, they're less likely to get sued. And there's numerous studies that, that show that. And I think that a really great example of that is a very common claim that we have here at NCMIC deals with rib fractures. Mm -hmm. you know, rib fractures sure. happen. Well, sure. which ones end up in a lawsuit and which ones don't? 
Well, what I've seen is how the doctor reacts when that rib fracture occurs, how they deal and relate to the patient really makes a difference as to whether or not they get sued for malpractice. And I've talked to a lot of these doctors through the years, and every doctor that I've talked to who has experienced a rib fracture has said the exact same thing to me, and that is it's a terrible feeling. They, they feel terrible about it. The patient is leaving the office in worse shape than what they came in, and right. that's not what chiropractic is all about. That's not right. what chiropractors do. So they feel horrible about it. But the doctors that take some time and talk with their patients, help them understand what's happened, help them understand what's coming, uh, those doctors are less likely to get sued than the doctor that maybe doesn't talk to their patient. Uh, maybe they just try to get rid of the patient as quickly as, as they can because they don't want to deal with it because they feel bad about it. It doesn't make them a bad doctor. But certainly the outcome that you're looking at there can be different than with the doctor that was very compassionate and empathetic and talked and communicated with the patient. Yeah, and that's so true. You know, I had, um, in my practice, I had a similar experience. It wasn't a rib fracture, but um, I had treated a patient, I think it was on a Monday, and on Friday that week, um, she had a little stroke. And of course, she went to the emergency room, obviously, and First thing out of the emergency room doctor's mouth is, have you seen a chiropractor recently? Well, the answer was yes. Yes. He didn't ask the time frame. And a couple weeks later, she called the office, said what happened and that she couldn't have an adjustment. That's fine. But I had built enough of a relationship with her that my staff had her come in anyway and I was able to sit down and talk to her about the research and, um, and, and the connection, the non-connection between chiropractic and, and the stroke. And wow, just having that opportunity because I had that relationship put her mind at ease so much. Yeah. And uh, eventually she came back into care. So, you know, otherwise she'd have been left just thinking, well, chiropractors cause strokes. Right. And I think that's a great example of what a powerful Pay, risk management tool, patient education and communication is again. Absolutely. Uh, the, you know, if patients understand, a lot of times that can avert a lot of issues that we end up happening. Now, with a with a case of of stroke, you know, there are a lot of a lot of factors that go into that. And uh, when we do have stroke claims, uh, they're you know they're they're complicated claims, but. Uh, you know, one thing that you said that I want to pick up on is that you shared the research in the literature, mm-hmm. and that is showing that, you know, that causal relationship isn't supported by the literature. So that's something that's very powerful for us when we're defending claims for doctors that are being accused of causing a stroke. We try to break that causal connection using the literature. Now, lots of other things are very important. Patient communication, talking with the patients about the risks, uh, you know, informed consent is always an important process. Uh, But with stroke cases in particular, yeah, we thing they're looked at very carefully. Things like what standards of care were followed. Did you take an exam? Did you take a history? Are those well documented? And of course, documentation is probably our most powerful 
risk management tool as healthcare providers. Um, I preach that all the time. Yeah, 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 because it's it's so important. So you know, with with stroke cases, yeah, I think that you know, educated patients, again, are more satisfied and they're, you're less likely to end up in a malpractice situation with them, you know, and you don't have to wait until, uh, until a situation occurs to educate your patient. The informed consent process is a great opportunity to talk with patients about chiropractic care, what it can do, what they can expect. I think that the informed consent process, which is a communication process, Mm -hmm is a great opportunity to share with them uh, and manage expectations. So I think it's a great opportunity to talk with your patients, get to know them a little bit better and help them understand chiropractic care. Yeah. And I see so many doctors, um, unfortunately not using any kind of informed consent and, uh, you know, not only are you missing an opportunity to communicate and build that relationship with the patient, but you're also missing an opportunity to basically kind of CYA yourself a little bit on the front end of care. So those informed consents are incredibly important. In fact, I think you guys even have one on your website that doctors we can do. download. Yeah, yep, we do. We have a, a sample. If you go to our website, uh, you know, you can search it. It's probably the easiest way. We have a search feature on ncmic.com. You can search it and find the informed consent form. But it is a sample. You know, our claims right. department, along with advice from some of our legal uh, legal team, the, the defense attorneys that defend doctors in the event of a malpractice claim, uh, they collaborated on that to develop this sample form. But we have a big disclaimer on there that says, please revise this to meet the needs. Talk to your legal counsel about this. Make sure you're compliant with the laws in your state, because some states have Yep. past laws with respect to informed consent and what is required in that state. So make sure that you're, you're up to speed on, on what's required. But, you know, informed consent at the end of the day is a, com- is a conversation that you're having yep. with your patient and that you document. We do need to see some documentation with that. But it, it's, it's talking with them about the, the, the plan of care and the material risks associated and also, you know, risks of going untreated or alternatives that are available and having that, that conversation with your patient and then receiving their understanding and their consent to proceed. Very important. Um, and then of course, notation in, in, in the records, you know, right. a, an informed consent process can be completely verbal. Mm-hmm. You can sit down and have this conversation with the patient, but it's important that we have a notation of that conversation in the record so that if we do end up in a situation where there's a malpractice lawsuit, litigation, we have documentation of the informed consent. And why is that important in litigation? Well, negligent failure to inform or lack of informed consent is an allegation on pretty much every lawsuit that comes into our office. So it's up to the doctor's records then to take their records and show that informed consent was received in that that process did take place. The patient understood and they consented to proceed. And then we remove that allegation from the lawsuit. We actually kind of interesting. We, we have had a few cases in recent years where the jury has found that the doctor didn't breach standard standards of care. Their care was okay. They did not cause the injury. However, informed consent 
was not received, and they found that that right there was a breach in the standard of care and awarded damages. Sure. Yeah, the law is very clear, very specific about informed consent by physicians. So, you know, make sure, um, if you're listening to our podcast today, make sure that you're doing some kind of informed consent. I We always recommend that it be be a written document yeah. in part because- Always a good idea. Yeah, in part because it's it, it's always going to cover everything you need to cover, and you do need to have your, your attorney um, look at it so it's state-specific because every state has their own rules. Right. But that, that written informed consent, that form, if you will, kind of helps you save a little bit on the documentation side as Absolutely. well. It kind of does, does that for you. So, you know, that yep. is incredibly important. Yep. And I have to I have to give your team um, big kudos. Um, you know, anytime I've ever had an issue, which I, I've had very few in practice, knock on wood. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, take the example that I gave just a minute ago with the patient who was told that chiropractic care had caused her stroke. Right. Um, when my staff told me that and told me that she was coming in for a consultation, I immediately called NCMIC right. and Good. talked to the claims department. And I'm telling you, anytime, doctors, anytime you have any kind of reportable incident, whether you know it's reportable or you're not sure, if you're an NCMIC client, again, which you should be, call. And Absolutely. They will walk you through it. They'd rather hear from you and say, no, nah, you're good. That's not reportable. You don't need to worry about it. Or in my case, when I called about the patient who'd had the stroke, um, they gave me so many great things to say to some research to go look at um, and, and how to document what had happened as well. So, you know, make sure that you use that resource. A lot of Absolutely. doctors, I think, are afraid to pick up the phone and call them Absolutely. out practice free, but yeah. see, my, your team is awesome. Well, thank you. And that is something that, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's always something that um, a message that I want to get out there. You know, if you have a question, if, you know, your case, you know, something happened, you were aware of it, you called. Great. Yep. Many, many times, you know, you just feel like something is off call. Uh, You know, something happened and the patient went home. You think it's all fine, but you know, you just want to bounce it off somebody. Call. Because exactly what you said, Doc, that our claims people are extremely experienced with chiropractic malpractice claims. They know what you're going through because they've seen it before. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they can not only talk you down, if you will, Uh, you know, because we do have doctors calling in that are very upset that something has happened. You know, it's a, it's a very stressful thing and our claims people can help talk you, talk you down, but they can also give you advice for things to do with your records, things to do as far as patient communication to help uh, avoid trouble down the road. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we've found is that many times when a doctor has something happen and they don't call us, they take matters into their own hands and they take steps that then down the road are damaging to the right. malpractice litigation. Right. And we don't want that. The doctor doesn't want that. So call and, and get that advice. And a lot of times what I hear is, well, I don't want to call because I don't want a uh, I, I don't want a black mark on my uh, on my uh, record and have my rates go up. 
Well, that's not what happens. Uh, what happens is we, we don't open a claim until there's actually a demand made by the plaintiff, your former <laughs> patient. Uh, we will document the phone call, but it's as an incident. It's not as a, a claim. So it, there's absolutely no impact to your malpractice rates, your status as a policyholder, or anything like that by calling us up and getting that advice. We would actually much prefer that you call up and have that conversation than forego it and make decisions on your own that may negatively impact an eventual case if one does occur. Yeah, and I'll tell you, th those phone calls are just huge peace of mind. You know, Absolutely. something happens in practice and you're worried about the patient, you're worried about, you know, what may arise from it and you go home that night and what happens? You don't sleep. But if you've made that yeah. phone call to NCMIC and talked to them in the claims department, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to sleep tonight. Right. And so your, your membership in NCMIC is not just about your malpractice insurance. It's about having a whole team of people behind you, providing you with resources and risk management and all kinds of other tools. So Absolutely. make sure that you get the full value out of that. And uh, again, kudos to your team because you guys are just awesome to work well, with. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Yeah. Mike, I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. Great sure. information. Um, again, NCMIC, if you're not a member, I urge you go check them out because uh, um, they really are the best. Well, so. thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, just to reiterate to your listeners, you know, we're here, uh, you know, everything we do is based in Des Moines, Iowa. We are the insurance company. We do everything from, you know, set you up on the policy on day one to handling your claim uh, if you if you do have one. Uh, everything happens here in our office in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, and, you know, in like I said, our claims people are extremely experienced. You know, we've got a couple folks over there that have been with us a couple over 30 years, a couple coming up on 30 years. So, you know, all That's that awesome. time working with chiropractors. So they know their stuff and they really can help help you through situations that you need that you need that little help you help with. So absolutely. So thanks. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Well, and the, the uh, membership uh, dollars that you pay to NCMIC, I'm telling you, they go to great use. They they uh, give so much back to the chiropractic profession and uh, hugely visible everywhere. So, Mike, we appreciate you guys. Well, and ho hopefully more visible in the coming years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I look forward to seeing you at some of the Absolutely. events. Absolutely. Same here. Tell all the guys up there I said hello. And uh, again, thanks for joining us today. So. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Good to see you. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to KC Chiropults, brought to you by Cats Consultants, helping you keep your pulse on success. Be sure to check us out at catsconsultants.com. Check out NCMIC as well. And from all of us here at Cats Consultants, stay informed and well-adjusted. We'll see you next time.